Hey, this is the final series in our uh, final sermon, our series on epidemic. And this has been a time we've been looking and learning on how to overcome fears in our lives. And so for this final message, we're going to be looking at this thought on overcoming the fear of the unknown. Overcoming the fear of the unknown. We all face the fear of the unknown. Different times and in different ways, different stages, different seasons, things will come up, things will happen, circumstances will, will be realized to where we're thinking, what does this lead to? What's the end game here? What's going to happen? Maybe you remember your first day at a new school. Wave at me if you remember your first day at a new school. You didn't know where the locker was. You didn't know where the cafeteria was. You didn't know who your friend's going to be. Maybe you can relate at a new job. You went to a new job and you were thinking, man, I hope that I perform well here. Will I like my coworkers? Will I enjoy the culture here? Uh, what about the, those of you that are parents? Uh, you remember your first child. Do you, you guys remember that? You want to talk about the fear of the unknown? Come on. Listen, I remember when we had our first child, Candace. Actually, today is her birthday, and I remember when we were bringing Candace home from the hospital. I could not get that car seat tight enough, that seat belt tight enough in that car because I just thought, man, it's a dangerous world out there. You just never know. I was looking for bubble wrap. Uh, foam. I, I was looking for, for uh, a motorcycle helmet. She could wear anything. I just thought, we got to be so careful. And I'm not even joking, y'all. On the ride home, I'm talking like I was just driving, and I was going about five miles an hour. And I felt like every other car on the road was like a terrorist. That's what I thought. I thought that everybody's like, man, back off of my line right here, man. Give me some space. Got a two-day-old child right here in the back. You know, give me some space. It just felt like there was such threat, and, and I just didn't even know how to be a dad. I thought, what's this going to be like, and how do you do this? And I remember getting home and just looking at that little baby going, is she breathing? Is she breathing? I need confirmation that she's breathing. I can't even tell. And Casey's like, would you just relax? I was all uptight because I just didn't know. And then, you know, whenever they go to sleep, then you're just like, well, man, they've been sleeping a long time. Shouldn't they be awake by now? You know, it's like it's only been 15 minutes. Just relax. The fear of the unknown. A lot of people are afraid of, like, just what's going on in the world. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, some future world war or just these talks of, like, nuclear weapons or terrorism. Uh, we have the fear of the unknown as it relates to uh, maybe just even some relationships, um, maybe some strained relationships, conflicts going on in your home, and, and man, will this ever be reconciled, or, or this, are we ever going to figure this out, or the fear of the unknown on the doctor's report, you know, that moment between the test and then the time that you get just the results back, They're, you're just gripped with fear, it's the fear of the unknown. There are a lot of people whose fear of the unknown is connected to something God has called them to. So God has asked them to do something, and yet because they don't know all the details or all the specifics, that's, that's like pressure to them. And it's, it's something that they worry about, like, if I do that, what will that mean to my family? If I do that, what will it mean to my finances? And so they're afraid to step out, and as a result, they, they are unable to experience all that God has for them because of the fear of the unknown. We all face it. But some people allow the fear of the unknown to paralyze them, literally to debilitate them, to, to keep them from, from enjoying life. And so they can't even have peace in the present because they have so much worry about the future. Uh, they can't even enjoy the good of today because they're worried about the unknown of tomorrow. 
And so they're paralyzed by it. They're afraid of it. And as we get ready to look at Scripture today, we're going to be looking at the story of a guy in the Bible by the name of Abraham. Father Abraham. He has a lot to teach us, and certainly he understood what it meant to face the unknown. But what we learn from his life is that he not only faced the unknown, he, he conquered it. He confronted it. And he did not allow any fear of the unknown to keep him from living out the life that God had for him. Makes me just ask, why do we struggle with the unknown? I think there are a couple reasons. One is because we prefer the predictable. How many of you, you just like to know the plan? Wave at me right now. Those of you just, you just creatures of habit. You got it. There, there's a place for everything and everything in its place, right? There's a schedule for everything. And if, and if you change this, if you mess with this, those people break out in hives. Anybody like that? You're just like, I just love to know the plan and don't mess with the plan. I think another reason why we struggle with the unknown is because a lot of people just crave control. We like to be in control of things. Anybody in here like that? You just want to be in control? As evidenced by your death grip on the remote control, how you race into the living room to get to it before anybody else does so that you can be in control of the remote control. Or maybe uh, those of you that really crave control, when you're not even driving, you're still driving because you're going to tell everybody who's driving what's up. You're going to be taking a left right up here. Might want to go, I won't go ahead. Oh, what, what, what? Yeah, go ahead. Turn your blinker on. You're good now. you good. Go ahead and do that. And Actually, it's faster if you'll just, you know, always wanted to control it. We crave control. Typically, we prefer the predictable. We crave control because the unfamiliar equals uncomfortable, Right? Uh, it kind of like moves us out of this place of familiarity and it becomes uncomfortable to us. And that is exactly what happened in the life of Abraham. Let's look at it. Let's learn from him as we pick up his story with Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. As we do this, we'll see that at this point in his life, his name was Abram. This is before God renamed him Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now think about what we just read right there in that short little sentence, that small brief passage right there where it says, the Lord said to Abram, go, to the, go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. Basically, God just said, I want you to leave everything. I want you to let go of the familiar I want you to let go of everything that's comfortable and everything that you know. And I want you to go to a new place. Leave the country you know. Leave the people you know. And go to the land that you've never been to before. How many of you think Abraham probably had a few questions when God said that? You want me to do what? Leave everything you know, the country that you know, the people that you know, and go to a land that I'm going to tell you about at some point, but I'm not telling you about it right now. Let go of what? Go where? Could you give me a little bit more specifics? Why? Because we prefer the predictable. We crave control. We just want to know what's the plan. But he doesn't give all the details to Abraham, which is what makes his response all the more remarkable. Because it says in just a few verses, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 4, So Abraham went just as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from 
Haran. Not just that he embraced the unfamiliar, but look at the age of this brother, 75 years old. How many of you would admit that the older you get, the less you want to change? Come on, be honest. This is therapeutic right now. You just know the older that I get, the more I prefer the plan, the more I prefer control. When you're younger, you can tend to like throw off some of that restraint, and it's a little bit easier for you, but for all different types of personalities and wiring and stages and seasons of life, for all of us, it's challenging. But when you're 75 years old and you're already successful, and then God says, I want you to leave all of that and go, he should be kicking back at this time. It's like He should be retired, sitting on a beach somewhere, sipping on Kool-Aid. He should be like chilling right now, and God says, I want you to let go of everything that's familiar and comfortable, and I want you to go to a place, and I'm not even telling you where it is yet. And it says, Abraham went. Which, when you're reading Scripture, it's really important that you don't just read it and go, oh, well, but you have to ask, oh, why? You have to look at it and say, what, what was it that caused him to be able to do If I'm going to learn something from this, I want to know what was it about Abraham that caused him to be able to face the fear of the unknown and not allow that to dictate the steps of his life. And so let's look at a few things that I believe are right here in this passage and that it teaches us about him. The first one is this. Number one, this is true of Abraham. Who... He did know was greater than what he didn't know. How was Abraham able to face his fears of the unknown and still step out and go and do what God called him to do? It's because who he did know was greater than what he didn't know. You may recognize the name Corey Tinboom, a lady who was credited with rescuing hundreds of of Jews during the Holocaust. While she was doing that, the Nazis found out about her, arrested her, imprisoned her in a Nazi concentration camp. Can you imagine what she was feeling? Can you imagine the wrestling in her own heart, mind, and soul as she was thinking about how she was trying to do a good thing? She's discovered, she's arrested, and now like others in her family and others that are around her who are dying while in the concentration camp, she had to be thinking about what happens next. Certainly she faced fears of the unknown, which is what makes the words that she penned so powerful. Corey Ten Boom says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. When you look in Hebrews chapter 11, we see that Hebrews reaches back and picks up the story of Abraham and gives us even more just commentary on it because it says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, by faith, somebody say by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Listen, his fear of the unknown was overshadowed by his faith in his God. Wasn't that he had all the answers. Wasn't that he had all the specifics. He didn't have all the details. And I'm sure he's thinking about what's this going to be like and where are we going to go and, and what if we're attacked? What if, the, what if we're raided? And, and, and what if, what if, what if, what if? But his fear of the unknown was overshadowed by his faith in his God. He didn't know where he was going, but he did know 
who was going with him. Because God had said, listen, I want you to leave all the familiar. I want you to step into the unknown, and I'm going to take you to that place. I will show you. And that was enough for him. He believed that God is the one who guides. He believed that God is the one who would provide. He believed that God is the one who would protect. He believed that God was the one who said, I'll never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Abraham knew who. So he was not hung up on the what. I don't know about you, but there are days that, quite honestly, I don't want to check the mail. You ever been there before? There's some days I don't want to answer the phone. If I know who's calling and I know the subject matter, there are some days I don't want to know the test results. You ever been there before? You want to know, but you don't want to know? Times are going to happen in our lives where we're faced with fears. This is what, what if and, and what about and, and, and what if we don't know. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if. When facing the fear of the unknown, listen, you need to simply and boldly declare. There's a lot about tomorrow that I don't know or understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. It's the who. It's the who that brings you peace. When you face the fears, go with who you know. Secondly, you see this in Abraham's story. You see that he trusted God's promises more than his personal fears. He put more stock in God's promises than he did in the story of his own personal fears. Remember in verse 1, God said, go. And then we just read in verse 4, it says that Abraham obeyed and went. Verse 1, God says, go. Verse 4, he obeys, and Abraham steps out, and he goes, which makes me wonder, verses 2 and 3, look at that and pay attention to that. How do you get from such a bold like, like declaration from God, this is what I want you to do, to this massive step of faith that Abraham says, then I'm going to do it, verse 1, verse 4. And you know what you find in there? You find the promises of God, and you will always want that to be your bridge between his call and your obedience is when you walk across God. God's promises. Listen to what it says in verses 2 and 3. In between the call and the obedience, it says, I will make you into a great nation, God says, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. How many of you not only see promises right there, but you see God putting his name on those promises? Do you see how many I will, I will, I will is up in there? Do you see what he's saying? Between that call and the obedience, God says, listen, you may have some unknowns. There may be some things. I know I haven't told you all the details. I know that you haven't gotten all the specifics, but let me give you a few promises. He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people, somebody say all peoples. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. He didn't have all the details, but he had the promise 
of God. Now, can you just imagine what you would feel like if you were facing something that you didn't understand? You were facing something you didn't know how it's going to turn out. The devil's trying to get all up in your head going, what if, what if, what if, and God whispers this to you. Listen, I want you to know I'm going to make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those. How many guys know right now? You're going, I don't know where we're going, but I'm going. How many guys know that? If that's the blessing of God, that's the promise of God, that's the direction that he has for me, I trust him. I trust him. I'll trust God's promises more than my personal fears. Abraham heard that. He received that. And how many of you think that there are probably a lot of times all along the way Abraham tried to remind himself of those promises? New fears would pop up. New circumstances would pop up. New unknowns would pop up. And in that moment, the devil could have tried to steal him of his joy. He could have tried to get him off track. But I'm pretty confident that Abraham would come back. He would keep coming back to the promises of God. God, you said that you would bless me. You said that you would make my name great. You said that you were going to use me to bless all kinds of people. So, God, I'm choosing to trust your promises rather than caving to my fears. He trusted the promises of God. And I believe that was not only a key for him, but I believe it should be a key for us. God's promises weren't just for Abraham, they're for you and for me. Don't you know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? God didn't have just promises for Abraham. He has promises for you. Listen to this one. I give you all kinds of promises, but you only need two or three to make you happy. Let me give you one right here. Psalm chapter 91, verses 14 and 15. Listen. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. That is a promise for everybody who loves God. That is a promise for everybody who calls on his name. That is a promise for everybody who looks to the Lord. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. Why? Because he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and look what happens. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and deliver him and honor him. That is the promise of God. Now, it's really important that when you read that, you not only get excited, but you become aware. Not just excited about the fact that God is with me, but notice what he said. He did not say, I promise you, you will never have trouble. He didn't say that. He said, I promise that I will be with you in your trouble. See, a lot of times when we're going along the way and we say that we love God and we're serving God and a little bit of trouble comes up, we start rebuking everything like it's demonic. Instead, it's going, actually, it's just life on this earth, this sin-cursed world. You know, sometimes it's just, it's just you just didn't get enough sleep and you just woke up grumpy. So don't blame that on the devil, all right? You just woke up grumpy. And what God is saying is whether it's an attack from the enemy or it's just something called life, when you go through it, yeah, times get hard. But here's my promise. I will be with you. I will protect you. I will provide for you. Because you love me, because you look to me, you're not by yourself. I'm right there with you. That's his promise. Oh, you love it, what it says in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, where it says, No weapon formed against you will prosper. 
Let me ask you a question. Did it just say that no weapon will be formed against you? It didn't say bullets won't come flying at you. It didn't say the devil won't swing a baseball bat at your head. It doesn't say that. It says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Why? Because when God is fighting for you, you know everything's going to be all right. He's saying they can do what they want to. They can say what they want to. They can try what they try. But I've got you, and I'll take care of you. It's a promise of God. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Somebody say strong and courageous. Come on, when you read strong and courageous, you can't even say that wimpy. You know what I'm saying? Say it with me. Be strong and courageous. He says, don't be afraid. Don't you be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's with you. He's got you. That's his promise. You're not fighting on your own. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I know where as you walk, and when you're walking with him, whatever you step into, he steps into it with you. Man, listen, life of fear is a miserable life. But a life of faith is full of adventure, and it's marked by the miraculous. I get it that the life of faith is lived at the deep end of the pool. But how many of you know that when we're in there having fun, God's right there with us. The waters won't overcome you. God will take care of you. Let me give you this third and this final thought, and it's this. Abraham's commitment to obedience was greater than his commitment to his comfort. His commitment to that key word right here, obedience, was greater than his commitment to comfort. Back to the verse we read, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance... What are these next few words? Obeyed and went, even though he did not even know where he was going. See, it would have been comfortable. It would have been more familiar to stay put. He was already successful. He already had a lot of great things going on. But what he models for us is that his commitment to obedience was greater than his commitment to comfort. His, his faith in God caused him to obey because he understood the truth that would later be written in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Look at it. It says, and without faith faith, it is what? Come on. And without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You cannot please God by holding on to the familiar, by pursuing personal comfort. God calls us to step out from what is natural to us. Why? Not because he doesn't want us to be blessed, but because he's saying, my definition of success is so much bigger and better than yours. And what happens is when we start leaning into our own personal comfort, we, are, we start choosing our own measure and definition of success. What he's saying is this, is that when you do that and fears come up and things that are intimidating, you start locking in more and more. How many of you have ever seen somebody in a destructive, dysfunctional relationship and they would not let go of it because at least they thought it was familiar? They were so afraid of life without that person that they stayed trapped in that situation. Did you know? 
know that's not just relationships. That's in every area of your life. When you're holding on to your money and you're trying to grab as much money as you can, when you're holding on to your career, when you're all worried about your boss, your work, what if I don't perform? What if he hires somebody else? What if I get fired? What if they put me in another position? What if? And you're holding on so tightly to your job as if that is your provider. God says, listen, you know what you need to do? You need to feed your faith and starve your fears. You don't need to look to man. You don't need to be clinging to just something that's familiar and comfortable. Let go. Step into what God has for you. For Abraham, his commitment to obedience was greater than his commitment to his personal comfort. What is it that God's speaking to you about that may be a little uncomfortable for you to let go of? There are some of you, God's been speaking to your heart about something. And I believe this as I was praying. I kept thinking about this over and over as I was praying for this message. I believe that there are people that God's speaking to your heart about things. And the reason you can't just jump up and step into that is because you're afraid of the unknown. You're afraid of it. Some of you guys have been speaking to you about leading a small group. And you're like, man, I can't do that. I don't know about that. I'm going to leave that to the professionals. You need to remember that amateurs built the ark. Professionals built the Titanic. You don't need to. Listen, if God says build a boat in the desert, build the boat. If God speaks to you and says, I want you to step up, I want you to be a part of the worship ministry. I want you to be used to lead my church into worship. You don't need to step back and go, man, if I do that, I don't know. I don't know. They may even ask me to show up for practice. They probably will. It just may require sacrifice. It just may require commitment when you obey God. You may just have to let go of something that's comfortable or familiar. God may be speaking to your heart about using your earthly resources for his kingdom work. And you start going into what what about retirement? And what about, what about, can I just tell you this? The safest place on earth for you is right in the middle of God's will. When you start thinking about, but what about my family? What about my job? What about my, I'm not talking about doing something foolish. Quite the contrary. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm not saying, listen, there's no spiritual points for stupidity, all right? So God's not like, that's dumb. We'll give you credit in heaven. No, God's not into dumb. Nothing spiritual about stupidity. What I'm talking about is when God's speaking to your heart to obey his command, you've got to let go of the comfortable. And say, God, I will chase whatever it is that you want me to do, and I will step into it. What if God is speaking to your heart about serving in the kids' area? You're going, man, without that would take God right there. Well, what if it is? I'm just saying your openness to trust him. The safest place in the world for you, for your family, for your finances, for your success, is in that place of obedience. Because, man, when you are there, no weapon formed against you will prosper. When you are there, no attack of the enemy will be successful. When you are loving him and walking in in his truth and following his voice, listen, you have just signed up to be a part of the supernatural. Don't allow your fears of the unknown to keep you from what God has for you. And I don't know about you, Boy, I long for heaven. Because I know while I'm here on this earth, I have to continue to battle my fears of the unknown. Because just because we know this doesn't mean that we're immune to the fear. It just means that we've got to lean into God's promises and allow Him to walk with us through them, right? 
So I face it. You face it. I just can't wait until we're done facing it. I can't wait to be in heaven. I can't wait till all the sacrifice is over and what we know about him is perfect and endless. I can't wait till all of the anxiety, all of the fear, all of the worries, and they're all behind us. As I was thinking about that, I thought about that song. Some of you will know it, but the song, What a Day That Will Be. There'll be no more sorrows there. No more burdens for us to bear. No more sickness, no more pain, no more dying over there. Are you looking forward to that? And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. What a glorious day that will be. Are you looking forward to that day? Is that what drives you? Come on, it's our hope in heaven that helps us to overcome our fears of earth.